Hello and welcome to another edition of the Usually Serviceable, Hopelessly Miscast pod. This is take two of the same pod. Brian and I had some Zoom difficulties, so... And unfortunately, for those of you listening, you get just us today. So, and you get Brian. You do get Brian in his very white voice. That's right. So he's got some allergy uh, issues. He's doing. Do <laughs> he is testing negative. So, yeah. you know, that we for COVID. I won't say he's negative for all other transmitted diseases, but yeah, clearly, COVID, I have an, an infection of some sort right now. Um, I assume it's sinus allergy yeah. related. But. So we both been dealing with that i call it bright star sickness so um, yeah. since i'm still seeing that show and you know my visions you know when i go on a dream walk or something like that because it was such a good show yes we're getting a lot of praise about it um <clears throat> so uh, we were talking about to me uh the, the cast seems to really have a great time and that's that's i guess for me for people that volunteer their time you want to make sure that they enjoyed the time they gave you. And I think across the board, that's been the case from the feedback I have received. I agree. And I would also concur with them that I think it was a great time and really enjoyed myself, especially getting to uh, be a character that's bad and drinks um, yeah. himself to death. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of positive vibes, both inside and out the show, we'll say. Um, and getting a lot of positive vibe from vibes from our, uh, you know, Long John Silver show that's going on right now. We're recording on May 13th. Uh, as Brian had said on take one, we just about sold out last night's performance and we have tonight and tomorrow night that are sellouts. But if you're listening to this, this is going to go up several days after because I'm in Kansas City. He's in Germantown. Um, you will have missed it. Uh, but what you won't have missed is our next show, which is 100 Days, which opens yes. on May 27th. Um, and we're, are, does that put us back on schedule or like one week behind still? Uh, it is one week behind when it would have opened, but uh, right. Yeah. So, but we, it's the regular three weekends like bright star was. So come out and see it Friday, Saturday, one of those two nights at 8 PM or a Sunday at two 30 PM. Right. We yeah. expect to get some good crowds for this show, just like we did for bright star. Um, it's another regional premiere. So, yeah. And what I would say to people, you know, the, the last weekend people are like, Oh, I can't get tickets. I can't get tickets. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I've been, you know, Paul and I've been doing this, what, three, three ish years now picking shows. And by and large, I would say our audiences have agreed with our selections, but yet they still seem reluctant when they see a title that they don't know. It's like, they don't trust us, Paul. Yeah. That the show is going to be good. It's time for you to trust us and get those tickets early. Get those tickets for opening weekend so you don't get shut out on closing weekend. So I think it's because they just know you and me. And it's like if you think, you know, take take what you know of us out of the equation. Just think about us picking helping pick shows in a vacuum. You know, we feel like we're pretty good at that. So absolutely. I think we're excellent at it. And I think our crowds speak for themselves. So a yeah. uh, hundred days will be yet another one of those success stories. I feel very confident in that. Yeah. Um, so come out and see it. It it is a testament. You brought this up during Bright Star. Um, it is a testament that not only by the last weekend do we get a lot of requests for are there tickets left, but we're getting them from people who are theater heads and people in the theater community, which means they've been hearing buzz about it. If you yeah, 
Brian and I will tell you, if you've been in the theater world and you hear buzz about a show locally, you probably want to go see it. So, because, you know, it's... And this will be a very unique experience. Uh, We've not done a show like this ever. Uh, But again, trust us, we wouldn't be putting things up that are bad. So Exactly. So... Uh, Have faith just once. Looking forward to it. See it opening weekend. I know even some of our bright star cast is coming out opening night. That's right. I'll be be sitting with them. So big group coming. I'm yelling at them every time they don't applaud in the right spots. So true. Well, you know, opening night crowds for whatever reason this year have not had a clue when to uh, applaud anything correctly. So or opening uh, Saturday during Bright Star. Opening Saturday, yeah, they were very confused that it was interactive experience. But you know. Yeah, as long as everybody had fun, and I heard from the crowd at intermission they loved the show that Saturday, even though they were very quietly sitting there. So yeah, you would have thought they were there for a root canal, but they did enjoy it. So yeah, that's good. And we had a lot of repeat business. So yeah, that's always a good sign. Yeah, our patrons who were telling us it was a great show, and then they came back second or third weekend. Yeah. So uh, Brian can take a bow on that one. That was his show. So. and also, let's see what else do we rehash from the first take of this. Uh, how about Patty Lapone? She chewed out some uh, Broadway goers for not wearing their mask properly during a yeah. after-show Q&A for, during the company revival on Broadway and told them, if you can't wear it right, get the F out. And yeah. no, you don't pay my salary. My producer pays my salary. So good for her. It's, it's inter- I, I had thought, um, they clearly they have not, I thought that uh, Broadway had taken away their mask requirement maybe it was just the proof of vaccine that they took away recently but yeah yeah when i found that feature yeah exactly i definitely wouldn't mess with her i mean it's uh when i saw that feature on cnn is where i saw it but i know it's on all the national outlets um it they made a point to say all the broadway theaters it didn't say anything about off broadway but the broadway theaters still have masks in place so uh that said the performers did not but i mean that's yeah that's been the case i mean broadway has never performed with masks they've right yeah so unlike us we have soldiered through it you know especially our our students so yes our students are the ones that (laughs) soldier through with masks Uh, (laughs) yeah all those prima donna adults haven't had to do it but you know well yeah we had to cancel a bunch of adult shows we have I think it speaks to the joy of theater that is in today's youth that adults would rather us cancel the show than have to perform with masks and kids will do whatever they need to do to perform. Uh, And that's, you know, it's, it's certainly makes you feel good about the future of, of theater, particularly in our area. So, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, just been super impressed by kids and, yeah, rolling with the punches and just definitely looking at it and accepting it and going forward and performing as best they can. So yes, agreed. So and um, speaking of soldiering through, a couple a couple little side notes. Um, so I know Brian, you will be shocked to hear this, as I I'm still shocked to even say it out loud. But my son Carson has a job. No. Yes. He will begin a job in an un. <laughs> I won't say where, 
because what? I don't want to. I don't want to make them go what. <laughs> so uh, he'll be working as a warehouse assistant. Oh, so, okay. and since part of my job works in with a warehouse, and I've been in a warehouse environment before, it's that. yeah, it, it's well, it was either that or going retail or food, and. I told him I don't think he's suited for either of those either, at least at this point in his life. Now, his grandparents, since he's been back, have been telling me how he seems to be more mature after coming back from college for a year. And I, I would agree so. in some ways. Uh, be. Yeah. Looking on your own for a year will, will definitely make you look at life differently. So, yeah. I mean, I won't say his food tastes have changed much, but. Uh, you know, the fine people at Gus's and Huey's have been thrilled to see him come back. <laughs> um, so it's, I mean, like Norm walking back into Cheers. So there's a dated reference for anyone under the age of 35. Yeah. So, what are you talking about, Paul? Yeah. What's Cheers? Um, so Carson has a job and uh, well, congrats. the other th- well, congrats yeah. for you and for him. So I appreciate that because he says he needs money. I'm like, that's really the shocking thing. I'm like, Oh, so you're not going to come to me for it all the time. But that really hasn't changed. He still wanted money today when he had to take his pre-employment forms over. Um, So he could buy some lunch, of course, some food. Sure, yeah. The other shocking thing, which may not be shocking to some, but is that so Brian has a date a week from tonight. That's right. He's going to see the vaunted, ever, ever entertaining and enchanting group known as Air Supply. Mm-hmm. on the soundstage at Graceland with my wife. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, me too. Um, because I'm going <laughs> to sit with Brian's wife and we're going to drink and just talk all kinds of smoke a- as they come back in and they're matching t-shirts. Now, Brian has asked me if he bought me a shirt, would I wear it? Yes, I would totally wear it. So that way we can keep up the image with at least some people who think we're a gay couple. That's true. Um, yeah. But, you know, um, so... What I wanted to ask you real quick is, you know, since today is the, you know, we're in the world of nothing stays secret. So I have pulled what a, the latest set list from Air Supplies, the Lost in Love tour or experience, nice. whatever they're calling it. Uh-huh. So which of these, I'll read you the songs. It's not a long list. I'll cut a few out. Which of these songs are you most excited to hear? Okay. So they have, even the nights are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as I am, I'm assuming it's not the hymn. Um, yeah, every no. woman in the world. Here I am. Goodbye. I adore you. Is there something wrong with me? That would uh, I have And that was not a question. That was a song. Two less lonely people in the world. And here we get to the bottom of the set list. Lost in love. The one that you love, making love out of nothing at all, uh, and all out of love is the closer. There's a lot of songs about love. Yeah, I don't think the word love is featured quite enough in their set list, you know? Um, I will say I would, of that list, Here I Am would be what I want to hear the most. Wow. Going early in the set list, huh? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to leave after you hear Here I Am, are you? Of course not. I've got to listen to the whole thing. I'd love to see your reaction when they sing, because I don't even know what the song sounds like, but the title is enticing. Is there something wrong with me? How many people have said that over drinks? I don't. 
I don't, don't know that song at all. So I don't either. <laughs> but I'm I'm delighted to hear your take on it. I will be uh, videoing a lot of these and sending them to you in the midst of the concert. So yes. you can enjoy it with us. So. Live updates would be awesome. I mean, if I could live pod from the concert and get away with it whilst watching you from a distance oh, sway with the music, I would, I mean, I don't know how I'd be much happier in life. Could we do that? Could we run a pod? I don't at? think we'd get away with that. It'd probably be a little loud for one thing. I mean, like if even I put with like these a, guys. an ear earphone in my uh, my ear and ran it that way. Uh, I, I mean, the speaker would be too bad, right? You'd probably be- also be singing too much. I mean, you know, what are you dreaming of? Uh, you know, when you get to that part, I know you're going to belt it out. So, yeah, I hope my voice recovers enough by then to sing those. High notes. <laughs> right Somehow now, I think you're going to come back just in time. For yeah, those songs, I can't think any of that right now. So, I, I just, I, I just can't wait to hear. I mean, there, there's so much material that's going to be generated from this. <clears throat> Maybe Robin and Rachel and I will pod while you're there, so there you we go. can then get instant reactions when you walk back in the door. Yeah, you should have Robin over <laughs> and join the drinking party. It, it'll certainly be a long pod. Love you, Robin. Uh, it'll be a long pod because we can talk about workplace dynamics. And, yeah. you know, office politics, all these things that are, you know, important. And since, you know, your wife and her work together, yeah, you know, right. sort of now. So, IP, yeah, yeah, that that would be, yeah, an interesting topic, at least for them. So yeah. moving on to something that I think is interesting and especially to address with Brian, who is living the dreams of at least one of the person we know of in the world by running at the least, theater. At least. <clears throat> so good job. Um, there's yeah, there's worse ways to make a living. Sure. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Warehouse um, assistant would be one of them. But... <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm going to tell him you said that. So, hey, he, so he could have been our box office person. He declined. So I yes, I believe me. I'm well aware of that, and so is he now. The so. easiest job he would have ever had in the world. But he so was not interested. So well, maybe next summer he will be after he's been lugging boxes of stuff from Bella Vida, um you know, you, around a warehouse. Do you know if his warehouse is uh, climate controlled? I do because not. Because if it's not, he's oh. gonna, he may not make it two weeks. I hope it's not. I mean, I worked at UPS for like three days in college and quit. Mm-hmm. It was August. It was in the back of a semi. Couldn't handle it. It was too much. And I I won't say I was a ton more fit, but I was definitely skinnier back then. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have made it. Heart condition or no, I wouldn't have made it. So, I mean, I could there, I couldn't have even crystal messed my way through that job. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, yes, but since you're living the dream of others by running a community theater and you're doing a great job of it, um, so. I found this article online by a person named Chris Peterson, who is a, works for, I guess, OnStage is the name of the company or the website. And he has an article that says, six reasons your community, th- your community theater is failing. So I'm going to read you a little bit of the beginning. Over the years, I've been fortunate enough to work with many different theater companies. I've seen some that have risen to great success and others that have failed. 
while there isn't a guaranteed formula, there are certainly practices to avoid. Sadly, I see many companies ignore problems until they're too late. So he says six, and then he says, here are five issues that are ignored way too much. I think there's actually six. So I just wanted to get your take on each one of these. And for those of you who are listening, who community theater people, which is probably all 10 of you, um, you know, be, be nodding along thinking about this kind of thing. Because some of you probably have at least worked in the bowels of a theater or even run one. So, so here's the first one he says. You've become a nonstop telethon instead of a theater company. That makes so sense. I understand one of the comments that, yeah. he makes that I found interesting is something that has always annoyed me is when I'm asked over and over again to donate to a theater company, especially during the front of house announcement right before a show. Hmm. Does that one sizzle your, your bum at all? As a theater um, runner, in general, um, I, unless we have a specific thing we're fundraising for, we don't make a push in the curtain speech for donations. We thank our creative partners. Uh, I will say we have for, for Bright Star and what we will do for 100 Days because we're running a special because our fiscal year is about to change. Right, it's people that want people to give every year, and there are those. We're very thankful for our annual givers. Like if they donate before the season ends, they get four free tickets. I mean, I don't, I don't, it's like us giving them something. But yeah, I, I understand what he's saying and that it shouldn't be like every time you walk in the door, they're like handing out, you have to walk by multiple buckets asking for help. Uh, I get that. So, yeah, I mean, I, of course, you and I are biased towards GCT. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this pod that way. Um, but I, I don't, I get totally, I'm like you, I get totally what he's saying. And, you know, there it's, you know, you don't want to have, you don't want to go and feel like people constantly have their hand out on the other hand, realizing that, you know, most of these places, especially if you have the word community, the words community theater, you are by nature a nonprofit. So yes. you're trying to find funding anywhere you can get it. So it's not that you're trying to, it, as long as they don't badger you and hit you over the head with it, um, it I think most people can live with it. I, I think some people get a little too sensitive about it sometimes. And then there's also the flip side, which some theaters get a little bit too much like, and I'm not accusing all churches of this, but there are churches that everybody's been to at some point, and not just Christian worship places, that hits you over the head with the offering plate. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a running joke in a lot of churches that they're constantly running a capital campaign. Okay. Yeah. We ran a campaign to fix our bathrooms. Now we're running another campaign to build a gym. And it's, yeah, I mean, when it's like that, and I'm looking at my current church right now, when I say that, um, I love the, I love the church. I really do. I love a lot of the people there. They're running another capital campaign, and it it kind of it kind of chafes a little bit. So yeah. anyway, but I, I I think when you do something like what you're talking about, where it's like we're trying to we're doing it in a way where we're trying to reach out to creative partners and offer them something for their money. We're not just saying, "Hey, give us money because we're awesome." Yeah. We're saying, "Give us money," and it, it's not. 
like we're saying, well, give us a hundred dollars and we'll give you a 5% off. If you spend $50 coupon, mm-hmm. you know, you give a hundred dollars and you're, you're giving to us the arts, but you know, you're also, we're going to give you, you know, some tickets out of it. We're going to give you yeah. some type of experience out of it, you know? So that's, that's what I think most people want to see. They want to see that their money's not just going down the bottomless hole. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so here's the next one. He says, number two, you're not addressing the faults with your facilities. No mm. facility is perfect. They all have problems they, that need improvements. <laughs> but if you're refusing to address those issues or fix them, then those holes only get bigger and those faucets leak more. Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. I think one of the things that has made us successful as a theater in the last few years is that we have taken a very critical eye. It's like, what, what can we do to make this experience better for patrons? And that's why, you know, as a person that has sat in the seats, those seats, the old seats were not tenable to, to watch a two, two plus hour show. They yeah. were comfortable. Yeah, and if you're right. not comfortable, if you're not comfortable, you're not going to enjoy your experience. It doesn't matter right. how comfortable it is. Um, I think we address, you know, we have no wing space. We have no fly space. And that's why we have the LED wall to allow us to add some production things. We've recognized our deficiency with lights, our deficiency with sound and have improved those things. We've addressed the fact that, you know, our lobby was, looked like it was from the 1970s with a mishmash of, you know, hand-me-down church furniture and kind of create a nice cool bistro feel to everything. Uh, I, you know, I think that absolutely what he's saying there is absolutely correct. And we still continue to look at our facility and say, what can we do to make this better? And uh, unfortunately, it kind of goes back to point one. You can't make it better unless you run some, some sort of fundraising campaign. Uh, right. There's just no way around it. So because um, things cost money. Um, you know, if, if I were to say right now, I mean, I would love to, I'd love to have a second playing space. That's such a pie in the sky dream right now. Our office offices are in high need renovation, but those two things in my eyes are not. And again, I go back to what makes the patron experience better. The patrons don't care what our office looks like. They don't go in there. Um, I do think possibly the patrons might care if we had another space because then we could run more programs so they'd have more entertainment options. So there wouldn't be a three week gap between shows at times. Right. Uh, that we could, I mean, one, one of the wonderful things about both uh, Theater Memphis and Playhouse on the Square is they have those multiple stages. So if you're wanting to see theater any given weekend, you can go to those uh, groups and see something. Um, and, you know, that's probably our biggest limitation right now is we just, we can't do that right now. Right, right now. Well, and I, I'll say <clears throat> my opinion, excuse me, um, <laughs> is that I, I will, I won't just, and, you know, again, I'm biased to the local area around Memphis. I mean, I grew up in that area, so I, I have a natural love for it. I won't just brag on GCT here because we, I know, and you know, that we've done a lot with our facility in the last five years um, from what it was, but I'll brag. I think 
I'll say on a, a lot of the community and professional, the, you know, Playhouse is a professional theater. I'll say on them as well. I'll brag on, I think that from a facility perspective, at least for the patron experience, the theaters in town have really taken that to heart the last yeah, few have. years. Really the have. idea of renovating facilities to, you know, some of it is for, for aesthetics. Some of it is, some of it is for sound. Some of it is just for straight functionality, like another bathroom or something yeah. like that. I mean, or more bathroom space because I mean, you and I have both done shows at, at Theater Memphis. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that our friend Debbie Litch would say openly to audiences and anybody that would listen is they didn't have enough bathrooms, especially for women, because it just yeah. takes longer. And they have expanded their facility and they have more bathrooms now. And it's gorgeous. It's great. Yeah. And they do have more now and they have two bar setups and they, they have the things that for that size of the, especially if you're seeing something in the Lori stage, it's great. Um, yeah. And I feel like we've done some of the same things and playhouse is a very robust setup, especially in their main facility. And it's, it's really nice to go see shows there and know you're not just walking into some, you know, basically, you know, stage with a double wide attached to it that, yeah. you know something like that you know it's so I, I think from a patron experience i think in town theaters are really taking that to heart which is great um i you know and you and i are constantly talking about along with christina and marcus and everybody else that we that will listen and talk about it what can we do to improve the facilities i mean yeah i'm i'm a big harper on let's not just talk facilities when we talk strategic planning because that's the easier one to talk about. I'm not saying it's easy to do. I'm just saying that's the one people naturally gravitate to. But yeah. that said, that doesn't make it any less important. That just means, you know, yeah, we, we feel like we've done a lot. We still have more things to do. But from a patron experience, I think it's, it's not just miles. It's tens of miles away from where it was five years ago Yeah, at GCT. I don't disagree, yeah. And I, I, I think that's, we hear a lot of that in comments that we, I mean, the comments are lessening about the lobby and stuff, but that doesn't mean people don't like it. I mean, when we had people come back from COVID, you know this better than I do. So many people have just said, I haven't been here in, in at least three years, five years, seven years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. It looks totally different in here. Oh, this is different. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yes. And they like it. It's not like yeah. different. Oh, this is different. Yeah. If you, yeah, if there's... you hear anyone complain about our, our lobby, any renovations, honestly, but uh, yeah. yeah and we, we purposely the, to refer to the seats that I always joked at, you know, there've been so many people that farted in those chairs over the years. It wasn't just the farting. It was that the, the backs were uncomfortable. The seats yeah. were old. They were cracking all kinds of stuff we purposely reduced the number of seats we could sell yeah. so that the seats were more comfortable and had more room and had drink holders and arms and that you could actually use and something like that. Yeah. So it didn't feel like you were on a spirit airlines flight, you know, or something like that. It, you actually felt like you are here to see a show and you have an experience and you don't have to, you know, weigh 110 pounds or less to enjoy it. Yeah. <clears throat> So anyway, here's the next one. This is a simple one. He says, you're leaderless. 
Mm. Theater companies are no different from large corporations when it comes to needing the right people in charge. If you don't believe me, look at the most successful theater companies in your area and look at who is leading them and then do the same for the ones you know that failed. I don't feel like we have that problem. I would hope we, we don't have, have at one point, we have. but, uh, you know, I, I think both, uh, you know, Mike and Debbie, who would be, you know, uh, in my mind, the two, two biggest <laughs> ones. And uh, I can't think of the guy's name at uh, Hadlou. Um, you can't think of their organizations without thinking of them. Right. And, um, People, when they come see a show at those facilities, are excited to see them and to have a chance to talk to them. And I think it's not only having good leadership, but having leadership that's accessible to, you know, patrons and donors, um, you know, so that they can talk to you and tell you what they like, what they don't like. Right. Um, and it's, it's important that they see that your leadership is engaged. And that kind of goes beyond just, you know, executive producers, directors, whatever you want to call them. I, I think it's important that they see your uh, board of directors is engaged and that, you know, they are there at the shows of welcoming people. I think it's something we have stressed over and over is how important it is so that people can see the, the, the people that run the theater are there and supporting it and engaged uh, so that they feel comfortable with, you know, particularly your donors that they feel comfortable and trust you with making those donations. Right. Um, so they know they're not just, you know, lighting their money on fire. And so not having a leader, not to some extent, I think people when they make their donations are making it with the assumption that the leadership that they know and have had the ability to talk to are going to be good stewards of those donations. And if you don't have that, they're less likely to make, any type of donation to your institution. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I, it's, it's the, you said investment. I mean, the word I was thinking of was engagement and to, there have been, you know, I don't, I mean, before I got into theater as a performer, I didn't, I would not have been able to tell you who ran what theater necessarily, but I know there are people in town who can. Yeah. And it's, I know that there were, I didn't know who she was, but I know who, I, I didn't know her by name, but I knew who Debbie was. That's an example um, at Theater Memphis. And I could see her there. So it's like when I am at shows now, you know, and I, I see, you know, you're at every show you can be, which is pretty much every show. And Debbie's at every show she can be. And Mike's at every show he can be. And Terry's at every show she can be at Harold. Yeah. You know, it, it's examples like that just uh, to say, the, look. The other works. Um, yeah. I think it's Edu e, e at Hanalu. Uh, yes, I think that's right. But yeah, you see them at, at every show in the lobby, you know, talking to people. And they're not just glad-handing donors. They're talking to people. They're visible. They're there. And they they're answering questions and they're saying, you know, they're not just saying you're going to like this show because they have to say it. <clears throat> you know, it's like, I know obviously that when, you know, you're out there, you know, pitching a show in the lobby, the people that are there, you know, enjoy it. 
we're not just saying it because, hey, you're here. So we really hope you do. It's because we enjoyed it. So we think you will too. And that's the kind of engagement I want to see people have is, you know, is that even if someone who's a patron walks away and says, well, that wasn't my favorite show. Okay, fine. But you'll come back for the next one. Yeah. Because you see the engagement and not just when, not like you're to your point, not just in the executive director or the producer, you see them, you see the staff there, you see the people who are ushering the board you see whoever there who's behind the scenes saying we believe in you know not just this product we're putting out for you right now but the theater you're at it's very important so because and this is something i i preach in business in my business career as well is that leadership leadership is not just about the title it's clearly not just about the title And I think some people get caught up in that, especially younger people. It's just as much, if not more so about your mannerisms, your, your, the body language you give off and the people around you who don't have the title, you know, do they follow you? Do they, are they out there in front with you, you know, working it with you? So for any of you who saw bright star, you know, where it's like, you didn't see, you saw me basically you did people didn't think I was in costume because I was in a suit, you yeah. know, but I wasn't wearing my name tag as a board, a board member. But even if I wasn't in the show, I try to be up there to help as much as possible. I'm not trying to say, Oh, look at me. It's more because I feel like as a board, we have an engaged board at GCT. So it's not just me out there doing it, but you're always going to see Brian there, which yeah. that's well, a I'm testament hanging. to the leadership of the theater. Teresa Jordan is another one that, I mean, she's our board president right now. Yes. Uh, engaged to an extent that um, I would very much I so. imagine that there's another board president in town that's as engaged as she is, that is there to help, to usher. You know, she's a phone call away. Uh, Robin's the same way. Uh, Donna's the same way. I got a text from her today. It's like, hey, do you need to help with uh, Long Joan? over the weekend uh, right very blessed with our board members right now uh helping and supporting us whenever we we need it because i mean we are a small staff um so you know we probably more so than other theaters in town rely on our board to kind of fill the gaps personnel wise just for bodies so and that's part of that's a reflection on the staff that we have a great staff and the board in sim in a symbiotic relationship with the staff is you know we're all willing to sort of lay down on the train track for each other so it's okay. like we you know we unfortunately you know christina uh contracted covid you know long joan silver is her show um everybody's pitching in to, to help out and it didn't take it didn't take brian or anyone having to beat people about the head with a bat to do it we had offers to do it within minutes literally minutes of him saying christina has contracted covid and you know it's sorry if you don't want anybody to know that christina but um it's the fact that everyone stepped up immediately is a testament to the people that leadership at the theater chooses to surround itself with so anyway so moving on to the next one 
this is one that really hits home to me. Uh, you cast the same people in every show. Mm. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay that one out there. No no context. Uh, I agree with that um, wholeheartedly. Yeah, totally. Uh, us living in the metro area that we do, we don't have that problem per se very often. We'll have people. I mean, look, uh, Emily uh, Draffin was in our was a lead in our last two shows, but I mean that's kind of the exception, not the rule. But uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, people, I don't know, people don't want to see the same people every time, every time, but I think what it does do is it limits your talent pool. If people then just stop auditioning because they already know who's going to get the roles. So, right. Well, it's, yeah, I think this one to me is it's, I, I don't know if it's as much of a no brainer. I'm not, I'm not trying to assume ignorance on the part of those who are not theater performer types but uh i don't know if it's much of a no-brainer to people like that i say that with respect of the thought that you know like at the certain like places i've gone like churches and stuff they put the same two or three soloists out there all the time and you know a lot of the people in the audience are going oh i just love that person they're so great at it and they are great i'm not saying they stink they don't but I am more of a mind to say, you know, I'd rather just see it. We're not here to glorify those two, three people. We're here to, we're here to experience worship. And at a theater, I, it's obviously not worship, <laughs> but it's the idea of, uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> I like seeing fresh faces. I like seeing the development of talent. And <clears throat> while there are, we have a bevy of talented people in the area in the Memphis area, it's nice to see, I mean, someone who I've never seen before and to go, Oh, okay. Wow. Never saw that person in the show. They're pretty awesome. You know? So it's, I think that's, it's just a good thing. So um, I I don't know what's, what's bad about that. I mean, I like to see, you know, there, there's occasionally a show or two where I'll be honest, I'm like, okay, I really hope they cast so-and-so in this role because I could totally see them in it, but that's my subjective opinion. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the quality of the show. And if they cast somebody else, I'm still going to see the show if I really want to see the show. But anyway, um, so here's the next one. And I know you and I have pointed opinions on this one, so we probably don't want to spend too long on it, but, and I don't, I don't feel like we fit in this role at all, but GCT has, there's been a time when this has been a factor. Your shows stink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I will say quick, quick little aside. So, when Brian took the role he took, and then he and I talked about me being on the board, he and I, you know, we are part of the programming effort at GCT. And it's, we went into it with an idea of saying, we're, okay, let's not think in terms of show to show to show to show. Let's think in terms of a vision. What do we want a season to look like? What do we want to make sure we include? What do we want to make sure that we 
I don't want to say don't include, but we're not as married to. <clears throat> and how do we use programming to help advance the, the goals of the theater, you know, as a whole to, you know, enrich, entertain, educate, all that. And so we have a vision in mind every time we go into a season planning and we're not just planning for like two shows at a time. We're planning one, two, three seasons down the road. Yeah. So we of course don't feel like our shows stink. Now, have we probably put one or two out there that somebody in the audience said, eh, I wouldn't have picked that. Sure. sure <clears throat> but I, I feel I, like, I feel like we hit more balls out of the park than we do grounders to third. Yeah. I think probably your show, your show stink is more than anything goes back to realizing your talent pool and not picking shows that you have no opportunity or no chance to cast well or cast correctly. I mean, I think that's, I understand what he's saying, but I think it goes back further than that and that it all goes to show selection and right. you've got to have a good understanding of who can be in these shows. You have to have an understanding of your audience. What is your specific audience? Because the GCT audience is not the same audience as TheaterWorks audience. There are two completely different audiences. You can do shows at TheaterWorks. You couldn't do at GCT. You can do shows at GCT. You couldn't do at TheaterWorks because they're two vastly audience, different audiences. So you have to, A, know who is going to be in your shows you're picking, and B, know who is going to come see those shows. And if you don't plan and pick with those things in mind, yeah, your shows are, are, are going to, they're going to suck. They're, they're just going to suck. Yep. Agreed. And I won't belabor that point. That was the last thing that he threw in there, so... Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> all things that I think for theater nerds, we'll call us, uh, are, you know, they're kind of commonsensical, so to speak. Um, but something that, you know, it's, I feel like it's important that we consider them. And I feel like, at least within GCT, for those of you who may say, well, it doesn't seem like you guys think about that, I feel like we try to, as a board slash staff, we try to constantly consider and opine on those questions along yeah. with others. But those are things that I feel like we've taken a very measured approach to and have, you know, we haven't gotten everywhere we want to get, but that's yeah. part of the pursuit of perfection. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I would maybe he has no more points. That, yeah, that's good. it. I guess it was five. <laughs> he I, said six and then he said five. So I would, I would also, I look, I love Elizabeth Perkins and Ostrander awards thing, but if you as a theater start chasing awards for awards sake oof, yeah, and ignoring your audience and what people want to see, you're going to doom yourself. Yeah. That's um, a good one to throw I, in I there. GCT is a great example of that. The year before, we ran into some serious financial trouble most recently was our most successful season we've ever had from an awards nomination standpoint. I think we had like 23 awards nominated, which is unheard of for us. You know, yeah. we're lucky some years to get two, three awards. And I think that year uh, we actually, didn't we win best play? 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, and we're nominated for best musical because I was in that one. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and it, it was a great achievement. But you can get all the accolades and achievements in the world in the world, and if people aren't coming to your theater, it doesn't matter. Yeah, awards yeah. don't keep your theater open. People do. Uh, in general, True. people people outside of the theater community, you know, your average patron couldn't care less how many awards you won last year. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, you, 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 awards are great. Everyone likes them. I love to win awards for GCT, but I also know in the grand scheme of things, it's more important that we have people happy and walking out of shows with the intention of, of coming back. Right. Well, I, I mean, this is not completely apples to apples, but at least it's, uh, we'll say Granny Smith apples to Fuji apples. Um, the comparison I always draw is that whenever, you know, you talk about in music, you know, this was a big thing back in the 90s for you little kids out there back in the 1990s, not 1890s. So, you know, um, in the 1990s, a big thing that you heard a lot was the term sellout. Um and it didn't, that was not a good thing. It was like, if you're a sellout, you're a bad thing. So people would talk about, oh, this band is selling out. This artist is selling out, you know, so they can make money instead of, you know, portraying their art and stuff like this. And so one of the bands that I liked a lot back then was Metallica. And it was the idea of, I remember distinctly them in an interview and it hit home for me when an interviewer asked them and i can't remember who it was from asked them um so how do you guys feel about when people call you a sellout <clears throat> and i think it was lars who said yeah we're a sellout we sell out every night and it kind of struck me as okay which side do i agree with and then it's sort of over the years i've kind of been to the mind of well, why do you have to side with either one? Why can't you find a happy medium? Yeah. There's the idea of, well, ideally you'd find something that's artistically true to the message and you also sell it out. Um, everybody likes it. I mean, it's not, and I mean, I, I'm not one who's all about the applause of, of men, Dang. but it's the idea of, it sounds like we have a visitor um Ezra, Ezra has joined the pod hi e what's a bz so it's the idea of if you can sell it out and make an artistic impact that people say wow like take bright star we didn't sell out the opening weekend but brian and i for those of you listening this is not bs when we talked about this and we talked about this with marcus who was also in the show played a fabulous part Christina, who's on staff and is fabulous at what she does, and other people, Robin Sharp on the board, other people, we said, this is going to probably be a word of mouth show. The first weekend we sold probably an average of, and I'm, I may be misquoting, so Brian will correct me if I am, probably 55 to 65 seats a show. The first, the opening weekend shows. Yeah, it will probably, we, yeah, 55 yeah, to 60, really good yeah, estimate. We see we seat 97 on normal nights. We have a couple of handicapped seats, but we'll say 90 it's between 90 to 95 is kind of the sweet spot. At that point, we kind of consider we pretty much sold out. So the first weekend we did not sell out, but we didn't do bad. 
And so by the time we were at the second weekend, we sold out, I believe, the, the Saturday night. And Friday night and Sunday were closer, but not right there. So we'll say they were around the 80s. And by the third weekend, we sold out every show with a, yeah, an occasional onesie twosie. Yeah, all those three last shows were sold out by Tuesday of that week. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We had people calling and getting on a wait list, which, you know, is not always something that happens. Um, so, the fact that we were doing that told us, okay, we're not sitting here patting ourselves on the back for this. But that said, we have a quality show. We have a show that people are talking about and they want to see and they're telling their friends, you need to go see it. And it's not because of an ego thing. It's because we're proud of our product and we're saying, yeah, you should come see it because it's really good. We feel like we put a lot of effort into it, the mayor aside, and we put a lot of effort into it and you need to come see it. So, um, for those in the Kansas City area who saw me practicing in the car over lunch, yeah, you saw me putting effort, but everybody else in the show put a ton of effort into the show. You know, not just the actors, but the staff, you know, Brittany, Eileen, Brian, Marcus as the tech director doing double duty, and Henri calling you out too because you did a great job as our sound guy. It was a great show. And yeah, if somebody wants to say, well, you guys kind of sold out. Yeah, we did. And we're happy for it. Because we had a great yeah, show and it sold out. It's definitely not. That show in particular is not like a tough, tough topic that, you know, so much of theater now has a statement to make. It's just a good, <laughs> fun story. And I get it. Right. Uh, but the important thing to me was that Number one, the cast had a great time putting the show on, and two, that our audiences enjoyed it. I think we succeeded on both of those fronts, and I couldn't be happier because of it. And thank God, despite the COVID gods, we could finally put it on. <laughs> yes. So absolutely. I, I had that forever printed for two and a half years. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I'm glad I could put that back in the in the. Uh, the catalog of done, been there, done that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So will I be walking around in my head thinking, Jimmy Ray, you were supposed to be here a while ago. Yes. I will be thinking that for quite some time when I see Marcus. So yeah, not just that he kicked me out of a show, but yeah, true. love you, buddy. So, um, so moving on from that on, to, we'll go to a little levity here. I was going to do a, another feature, but let's flip because you can handle this. Let's do some mashups. Okay. So mashups are, I take two shows. Usually they're musicals, but there could be some plays thrown in there. And give, you know, the other panelists, in this case, Brian, a couple of shows, put them together, and two other shows and put them together. And say, which one would you rather see if you're standing out front of two marquees and you see those? So here's your first pair, Brian. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Your first pair is Beauty and the Elf hmm. or Gentlemen Prefer Full Monty. There's a lot of ways that show could go. 
both shows actually wow um if alan minkin does the music for beauty and the elf i don't want to know because i sang first tenor for beauty and the beast yeah i, the hell I with don't that want guy. To the hell with that I, guy so here's here's the thing i don't want to see male nudity so i'm gonna automatically go <laughs> oh come on option come one on. yes come on choice so if it was beauty in the full monty you wouldn't see it no no i would not <laughs> okay no that's good so uh, and i know there's at least one listener who is playing along so yeah enjoy um so here's your next two and this this one is uh, this one's tough i don't know that i want to see any of the four let alone two but so 17 brides for 17 brothers or seven brothers yeah, there's a polygamy show in there somewhere. So 17 brides for seven brothers or ugh, Susical Mame. God. Uh, that sounds dreadful. What is what? Okay, it's what are you mixing the first? So two? 17 mixed with seven brides for seven brothers. Seven, 17 is a show? Yeah. What? I don't know what it's about. <laughs> It's on the list. Let's just put it that way. If you no want to pick that one, is. and because it's a polygamy show, go ahead and we'll just move on. Yeah, let's just go with that because I really I mean, don't want this musical. Marcus or Christina might know it and they'd be like, oh, well, there's this and there's that. Yeah, we're just sort of like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, we'll just go with that because okay. I hate musical. Yeah. Musical <laughs> is like, uh, I mean, the opposite of the bomb in my brain. I watched Carson in music in Susical and I wanted to slip my wrists. Yeah, um, it's better than cats, but that's about it. Oh yeah. That's not a, that's not a high bar to clear there, buddy. So here's your next, your next two pairs. These you would, you'll know at least some of these shows. And the first one, I will just say the first show is my fat friend. So just know that going in and you know, my affection for that show. My Fat 12 Angry Jurors or Young Frankenstein Birdie. Wow. Um. <laughs> Another great pick. <laughs> because, I mean, while we joke about the show My Fat Friend, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible show. It, it is a terrible been. show. So if I had to watch one, it would have to be the second one. Yes. Yes. I would agree, despite the fact that my fat friend will still be on the programming list for potential shows every season that I'm on the program. And yes, we, we did that show GCC in our history. Yes, we did. So I, I would I would no, love no, to get no. the cast, the original cast back together for a, a read through. No, Just a huge <laughs> proud moment for the theater, in my opinion. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, if if you and I want to write my skinny friend as a sequel, we can do that. Or my pudgy friend, something like that, you know. My fit friend, how would that go? I think my I fit mean, it, friend it loses the whole. I mean, the whole concept of that show is <laughs> stereo, stereotypes of all sorts, all of them bad. So you know, yeah, we we would get in trouble with somebody there. So here's your next two. <laughs> Moving on quickly, uh, Porgy and the Great Comet of 1812 or The Wedding Warhorse, 
which is the wedding singer combined with Warhorse. So imagine the wedding singer singing along in the trenches mm. with the Warhorse. Or you have the Great Comet show that is like all bluster along singing Summertime. I would have to go with the first. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I thought I, for sure you'd go with the second one. Yeah, I don't know how they would go together, but there's two really good, two 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 really good stories there. And uh, but let's Vegas let's lost some money on you on that one. The wedding singer is not a great. Script, it's not. So the uh, movie sucks. The show's not great. I mean, the yeah. movie is fine. It's it's a uh, standard B minus Adam Sandler movie. It's a Sandler movie. It's, with, uh, but I mean, the thing with the movie is it has a lot of great '80s hits. Which were exercised from the uh, musical script, I assume, because I couldn't get the rights to them. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'd have to go with the first for sure. I, I will say I watched the movie The Wedding Singer one time, and I swore I would never watch it again. And you know what a lover of '80s lore I am, and it's I, it pains me to say I will never watch that movie again. I'd rather watch Cats, the movie. Then watch the wedding singer again. It was I, so, I, it was so detestable to me. I I don't believe that. I don't I, believe. Hey, it's true. I okay. now I think I you're mean, lying. both of them both of them are a session in hell with Satan sitting there laughing at me the whole time. But it's no. I, I'll say I'd rather sit there and be drinking benchmark from a straw in hell, watching the wedding singer than I would watching cats because yeah, at least it, at cats i can laugh at it i don't wedding singer is not funny okay we'll agree to disagree i didn't think okay. it was that bad it's it's, it's not it's good no bobby, it's no bobby boucher water boy but i mean it, it's fine it's better than like the little nicky or well i so, i will say i have not seen a single adam sandler uh headed movie that i just thoroughly enjoyed i i've not seen i mean even you know people are like oh happy gilmore you know like no it's it's so, average you're, you're saying you're a adam sandler hater then yes i totally am okay fair enough i don't Did know you how like he water got boy? it was okay see so like if i run into water boy i will sit and watch it till the it's end. a rewatchable like, for you for me, I have watched that movie like 15 times, 20 no. times. If if I run across it and it's on TV, I will sit there and watch until it's over. I've watched it one time. That was it. No, I, I just I can't do it. And yeah, I, I will quote Rob Schneider in that movie and be like, we can do it. You know, it's uh, no, no, I won't watch it again. I mean, if you pay me enough, I will. Or if you offer me the right things, I will. You know, if if we want to sit and drink and watch it in the theater one night on our big giant sixteen by nine screen, yeah, I'll do it. But you know, I'd rather watch you know PSAs all night. So that's just my take. I don't want this to all be this feature to be all about me. So here's your next two. We had a couple more for you. So. Inherit the kiss of a spider woman. That's a long one. 
or Bright Lights, Big Garfield. There's I didn't, a real, Garfield. I didn't even realize there's Bright a, Lights, Big City was a show. There's a Garfield show? Yes, and there's a Bright Lights, Big City show. I knew there was Based a on the Michael J. Fox movie. Uh, which I saw back then. This. Yeah, and I have only watched once. When you said the first one, I was like, that sounds terrible. But then you told me the second one. I was like, oh, that sounds worse. <laughs> What's worse? Yeah. So, this is uh, definitely yeah. a descent into hell. <laughs> I'm going uh, with uh, choice number one. <laughs> I mean, Kiss of a Spider Woman. I, I've seen the movie version. It's not bad. It's okay. I've watched it once. Inherit the Wind. It's a tough watch. Carson was in that. And a student production version at GCT. Yeah. Eh. Okay. I saw that production. So, yes. Wow. Well, I think I had to watch it three times. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's move on from that. Here's, here's your next two. And one of these shows, clearly, I, I will admit, did not make it officially to Broadway, but I'm going to include it anyway. We will rock Spider-Man or Tommy the Wiz. Got some rock opera in there. And this is in Uh, honor of the who is coming to Memphis soon. So this is not even close for me. It's going to be the um, we will rock Spider-Man because (laughs) look, I would love to do it's weird (laughs) as it is because I love Queen so much. I'd love to do we will rock you. Yes, uh, I, but to find the voices for that again, yeah. Going back to what we talked about earlier, what you, your shows suck. Um, if we were to <laughs> attempt to put that on, it would probably suck even as much as we wouldn't want it to. But uh, could we get yeah, Christina but, to play Freddie Mercury? Yeah, if uh, if you could find somebody to sing it, uh, I, that that's going to be the one I want to see. I don't want to see the other. Yeah, I just want to see We Will Rock You, not We Will Rock Spider Man. <laughs> Because if we if Spider Man's included, there'll be some lawsuits for us. So, I mean, Tommy uh, fun, the Wiz. There, there's a lot of problems in that show. Rachel, Rachel Nall saw uh, Spider Man on Broadway. You yeah. did? Yeah, we did. That's oh my gosh! And the, all, I re- all I remember is. Uh, can you hear her? Barely. Come here. Bring to the mic. We need. We need a guest. Speak appearance. it to the mic, Rachel. Come on, air supply, bring it. No, um, I I remember being scared uh, for the actors that were actually swinging. Wow. Um, and the only other thing that I remember from that show is the annoying kid that sat in front of us, and his parents did not care at all that he was talking and carrying on and moving around Ooh. and being nuts so during the show. That's a that's a good what the crap feature. So, yeah, I I, I mean, I, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I would not want to wanted to have seen Spider Man on Broadway, in previews or otherwise. So, but will we will say, rock you. Yeah, there were some fun technical elements to Spider Man. The problem to me was the book was just so bad. And honestly, the lead was so bad as Peter Parker. Really? They had no idea what Peter Parker should be. Oh, my Um, gosh. 
he it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen on Broadway from an acting perspective. But again, it's the tech bad. elements were super cool when they all started swinging everywhere. The goblin fight at the end was super cool to see. Something I've never seen before. Probably will never see again. But yeah, overall, uh, yeah, not good. So is Rachel still around you? She is, yes, somewhat. Okay. Let's let's bring her on for real quick in the air supply feature. Hold on. Uh, she's busy. Okay. She's giving Never me, mind. She's giving me the stink eye. So. Okay. You, you got the uh, no no go feature. All right. She's so here's making, your life. She's making dinner for me because I'm I'm sick and I'm very happy that she's all right. She's well, very sweet. Here's your last one. Okay. Uh, Aladdin, the Toxic Avenger. Oh. Or Ruthless Shrek. Oh, absolutely the first one. I uh, I loved I <laughs> your reaction to Aladdin. <laughs> Loved Aladdin. Uh, it's what? one of the best. Aladdin was wonderful. Wow. Uh, I was. Have you fallen down? Are you bleeding? No, no. I, it's it's one of the best shows I've seen on Broadway. Um, it was stunning. I have uh, not seen the Broadway version, so I'll I'll leave it at that. And Toxic Avenger, I've not seen the off Broadway musical production of that, but you throw that in with Aladdin, I don't see how it's not even more interesting. So. Yeah, I mean Shrek, I can't stand anyway. So. That you could put anything with it, and I don't want to. I don't really want to see it. I, I would definitely go with the first one. <clears throat> so, okay, well, that was good. So, uh, and a guest appearance from your wife, who's making dinner for you because you're sick. So, uh, moving on. Speaking of sick, let's go to the Florida report. Cue music. I may have. Potentially the best Florida report I've had so far. I love it. <laughs> does it involve uh, alligators? <laughs> no, <laughs> it does not. But it's from very recently. It's from May 11th, 2022. Okay. And this is from uh, NBC2.com, Naples. So this all happened in Naples, Florida. All right. Uh, let's give you the headline first. Good. Naples man shot in the butt by his own wife says oh, he still loves her. <laughs> okay, I'm intrigued already. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's, it only gets better from here. Shot in the butt by own wife. Okay. Yes. Jose Trujillo <laughs> said he was riding his bike home from work along Radio Road near Sherbrooke Road Tuesday evening. That's when Catherine Cruz Trujillo said as his wife got in front of him with her car and slammed on the brakes. She happens to see me headed towards that way, pulls in front of me, hits the brakes really fast, and I hit the back of the car, he said. By the time he got back on his feet, he said, Cruz pulled out and cocked a gun. My instinct was just to run at her, right? Uh, He said, I'm holding her hands and she's letting off rounds, shooting about four rounds. In the fifth round, she happens to weasel her way out. And that's when she shoots me back there. The bullet hit him. The bullet hit him in the right butt cheek. It was a lucky shot, according to Trudio. Thank God the gunshot wound was in and out, he said. That's not all. Trudio said his wife was screaming that he was robbing her. A good Samaritan stepped in using their own taser to stun him. 
she comes down trying to protect her and she's tasing me right and i'm smacking her and i'm like man i got a gun chill 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 i'm the victim i'm the victim my wife just shot me he said tell her to get a better taser because that's trash so why would somebody quotes, sh- huh? yeah that's all quotes so why would somebody shoot their husband well Trujillo said their relationship has been going south ever since he came here I moved down here from Houston, Texas to make my life with her. She had a daughter that I loved as my own. The eight-year-old girl was with her in the car. She told police she saw her mom shoot him. I mean, that's my wife, right? I love her. She was good to me. She gave me a better life, bro. But she's crazy as F, Trujillo said. What's really crazy is that Trujillo was ready to put it all on the line. He was going to lie to deputies just so the woman who shot him wouldn't get into trouble. Like, I tell the cops, it's mine, I don't care. Just protect my wife, that's my wife. As a husband, I'm supposed to stick it out to the end, and that's what I'm doing, Trulio said. Cruz was arrested, and Trulio went to the hospital. While this was the final straw, not even a bullet to the butt can shatter love. Of course I'd like to spend the rest of my life with her. That's my baby, till the toe tags, he said. Oh my God. (laughs) My journey with her has come to an end. Thank you, Florida. Thank you, Florida, for that amazing well, report. I hope those of you listening hung on for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the toe tags. <laughs> yes. That's my baby for life. My baby for life. I mean, do you think Rachel would say that about you right now? If Till the if toe she, tags? If she shot me in the butt or I shot her in the butt? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Until the toe tags. Until the toe tags. Oh my gosh. Oh Lord. Wow. That I mean you're right. That you you can't do better than that. I mean that's sucks. Yeah. I don't I don't know how you're gonna live up to that going on, but it's yes. Florida, but I mean, will, hey, this, Florida this, will find a way. This happened two days ago. So hey, if this is a regular occurrence, we make it wow. to have yeah. If anywhere can find a way to be Florida. <clears throat> so speaking of find a way, finding a way, it's time for some dad jokes. You got any of those? Yes, yes it is. I have so many. Oh, so I'm going to save some of them. I'm only going to give you four today. Is that okay? Okay. That's good. I mean, you got to save some for Christine or Robin. Okay. Or somebody who doesn't like them. Yeah. So I asked my wife to polish my, to polish my medieval battle uniform while I go to the pub. She always said she wanted a knight in shining armor. Uh, wow. Are you getting stink eye now? No, I don't think she heard it. <laughs> you heard that one. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Who is the greatest chicken killer in Shakespeare? Macbeth, because he did a murder most foul. Oh, good Lord. Wow. <laughs> and with your love of Shakespeare, that really fits. Yes. What do you call <laughs> your mom's angry French sister? Oh. A croissant. <laughs> okay. That one had some clever applications. Okay. And here's the last one for today. Okay. If you smack Dwayne Johnson's arse, you've officially hit rock bottom. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's a good closer. <laughs> I wish we could have heard a reaction from Christina for that one. I feel you should add the no sound effect. 
Yes. Um, in case you have not already. I will definitely pluck that out for sure and add that on there. So she she needs to, even if she doesn't like that or does like it, that's the she important point. She won't like she, it. She won't. No, there's no way. Okay, so speaking of not liking things, it's time for rants. You said you have yeah. one today. You want to bring I it? I do. What's your rant? Um, if you buy a ticket to see a show, it does not mean, particularly if there's reserved seating, it does not mean that you get to sit wherever you want in said show. Oh, <laughs> I know where this is coming from. <laughs> You can't just say, well, my, again, we have uh, handicap accessible seats. We're happy to seat those p- patrons in those seats. Yep. But you can't expect to not purchase said seat, then have show up at showtime for those, for, to, to, to the seats that you have not purchased, to, to be seated. In the seats that you did not purchase, saying that he needs a wheelchair seat. And then, because you did not buy those seats, expect everyone to move so that you can sit next to the person that needs a wheelchair accessible seat. Yeah. Uh, That is just mind baffling to me that, you know, you make a purchase for a seat, you see the you see the, the layout when you purchase a seat, you can see where the wheelchair seats are at. And then you pick the two seats as far as possible away from those seats, because that's what happened. They picked seats on, they actually purchased seats on our very back row. You make it Knowing sound like that, this actually happened, Brian. You know, hmm. and you know, they purchased seats on the very back row and then just showed up expecting to be seated on the front row uh, after those seats were sold. So, uh, yeah. So there's that. seating for a reason. And, uh, you know, why? I mean, you just made it uncomfortable for everyone around you, made it uncomfortable to staff. You delayed the show by 10 to 15 minutes from starting because, you know, you just thought that the world should stop for you and work for you uh it, it, yeah it's just bizarre that that happened yeah, i was gonna say so hypothetically let's also say that in the said scenario that i'm that person who shows up with the handicapped person and i show up not like 30 minutes early to work this out i show up right at curtain yes you show up and i expect curtain. that it's going to get handled yep so what if that were to happen Oh, well, you know, thankfully we had some generous um, people that had purchased seats that were willing to accommodate those requests, but otherwise, you know, they, they would have had to have had their seats refunded and go about their day because we couldn't have accommodated them. So, yeah. So there's that. Again, it kind of goes back to, <laughs> Hey, don't wait until the last week to buy your tickets. Um, if you know you need, you have these special needs. You got to take care of them on the front end. So, um, yeah, yeah, very true, my friend. So, good rant. So, I'll, I'll give a rant, um, of course. So, let's say you know, I, 
I, I, let's caveat it. I very much appreciate, I do, I seriously appreciate restaurants that when you go in, they will give you bread or chips or crackers or whatever it is before the meal. They'll say, can I bring you some bread? Sure. Yes, I would love some bread. I would love some chips, whatever. And, you know, it's it, like an example, being a Mexican restaurant, they'll bring you chips with some salsa. <clears throat> and if you order queso, they'll throw you some queso. It's like, okay, great. Thank you. Uh, when you bring it out, I'm not asking that you bring me the, like you have specifically gone through and handpicked every chip that I get or that the salsa is the, the top of the line. It doesn't have to be. That's for sure. However, when you bring the chips or the bread out, especially when it's chips, don't bring me a big basket full of giblets. You know, it's, I get it. When you buy a bag of, you know, the $2, uh, you know, crunchy tortilla chips at Kroger or any grocery, any fine grocery chain, you're not always going to get nice, big, fluffy chips that are at the top of the bag. However, so I expect some of the giblets to be in there. I don't want the entire bowl or basket or whatever it is to be full of giblets so that I have to grab like seven of them just to dip in the salsa and my fingers be in the salsa with it and the person with me go, ah. Well, that looks uncomfortable. Thank you. Even when we're not in a pan slash endemic environment. Um, just, you know, pay attention to if you got a bowl of chips or a piece of bread, don't bring me the, the rock hard, you know, piece of garbage that's been sitting there for four hours. And, oh, it's. 5.30 and people decided to start showing up again. So we're just going to recycle the bread from this afternoon. I get it. Costs are up. Inflation is up. Still, if you're going to offer it, don't bring me the garbage. Or else it's going to reflect in what I think of the place. So I would just appreciate if you bring out a bowl of chips or bread or whatever you're going to bring. And it's not all crushed up looking mess that's the point otherwise just don't bring it to me so i'd rather you not bring it yeah that's my rant it's a fair rant yeah i mean i again i appreciate they're bringing it i really do don't bring me the giblets just bring me nothing if you're going to bring me giblets anyway that's my rant for today so, and on that note, any last thoughts, Brian, you want to throw out there? Uh, no, not, not so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure like you can hear my daughter. It's, yeah. it's a big party now down here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mute my mic at this point. So you got a lot of people who want to throw in comments. Um, so we, uh, we'll close on that note. Well, thank you for joining. And, uh, like I said, by the time you listen to this, Brian will have been to Air Supply. He'll be able to tell you about the magic that was the lost in love experience. And I'll be able to tell you all about how 
his face looked when he came back and he was just full of love or all out of it um so i can't wait because i will have a few drinks in me when i see him come back from that it's going to be awesome so it's going to be stunning yes stunning is a good word for it so thank you for joining and we appreciate it and the next time you hear a pod it'll be up sooner than this um so i don't have too many long trips back to kansas city but we will definitely record a couple each week when i'm in memphis which will be the week before we open 100 days so come out and see it opens may 27th three weekends and we'll talk to you soon from there on so appreciate it and love you guys bye see ya Thank you.